0: hi this is joseph arthur thanks for checking out come to where i'm from please support us on patreon patreon.com slash come to where i'm from we are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated
1: so this is not your usual venue this room
0: it's unusual
1: oh good something's gonna happen because of it i hope so yeah Changing up the cake batter.
0: Changing the cake batter? Yeah. Is that an expression? Or did you just make it
1: up? I just made it up, but it's (laughs) it's probably been used before.
0: I've never heard it before. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So you wore that long-sleeve shirt on the train in this heat wave?
1: And, yeah, my shirt underneath. I'm always cold.
0: Even in this heat wave?
1: Pretty cold, yeah. Why? I don't know. It's always been me. I'm shockingly cold to people. That is
0: shocking. Isn't it? Yeah. That's over the top. Yeah. it's. I mean, in here, it's air-conditioned, so...
1: Yeah, which is... I'd be cold if I didn't have this shirt on. Yeah, I'm so. a little cold. You are? Well, no, I'm all right. You want my shirt?
0: I, no, it's okay. <laughs> I I'm a, I sweat. I have, like, a sweating yeah. issue.
1: Like, every night do you sweat?
0: Well, I do hot yoga.
1: Okay, so you try to sweat.
0: I try to sweat, but I... Sweat so much more than other people in the class. Yeah, like it's ridiculous.
1: You're probably healthier than everyone else.
0: I, I've looked it up because it's you know because it's like it, it was alarming when it when I first noticed right. it.
1: Right, right. But you're okay.
0: I guess <laughs> I didn't. I you didn't look fine. I feel fine, you know. But and I when I looked it up, it seemed like that was a good thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I sometimes I get migraine headaches and oh really? So, yeah, and sometimes. You know, How often? Uh, very often, like oh, 10 to 12 a month. Wow. I take a monthly injection. I do, you know, the whole, it's just it's genetic. Um, but it's a hassle nonetheless. And sometimes I've convinced myself that if I break a really good sweat, I can break a headache. On huh. occasion, that will work. Um, so I hit the gym and just really blow it out and see if I can break a good sweat.
0: Have you tried hot yoga?
1: Oh, sure. I've tried acupuncture, oh. everything.
0: But the I, hot yoga didn't take? Or I, did, I know, don't know that know. I
1: ever did it with a migraine. Oh, you mean like as a practice? As a to,
0: practice, yeah.
1: I should because I'm so cold all the
0: time. I mean, it seems tailor-made. Yeah,
1: where do you do it?
0: Uh, I've been in the city. I've been doing it at this place called Fierce Grace,
1: Yeah, where, um, which what part is, part is Lower you? East Side why don't you and I have a date to go I
0: would love that in fact I just rejoined and so I have guest pass what yes I I, I would can I be your plus one I would be privileged if you would join me
1: I'm hyper mobile mobile hyper mobile I'm flexible flexible
0: I think you'd love it
1: yeah and I'd be warm and I wouldn't need this shirt
0: you would definitely be warm
1: what's the temp in the room I don't
0: know what it is, but it's definitely hot enough for where when I'm done, there is a puddle around me, you know? I want that. Yeah.
1: I want that so bad. Come
0: with me this week.
1: What day are we going?
0: Any day. I go every day. Oh, wow. I'm like that. You're that guy. I'm that guy. (laughs) I go every day, so I'll give you my number. Yeah. And you can just, when you feel like it, come. I think think it's such a great practice.
1: I think... uh, anything one can do to kind of center themselves and their awareness of their breathing their body their Mm -hmm. mind whatever it might be i know people do a lot of different things i have friends who do meditation and Mm -hmm. chant um that kind of feeds and waters us in ways that i think are immeasurable
0: yeah it's essential it's like uh yeah yeah for sure i and and for me the yoga practice is meditation. I when I'm breathing I'm uh, in yoga. I'm always thinking of a mantra. Usually ho'oponopono prayer which is I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you.
2: Oh. oh
1: you know, say have you that heard again. of that one? No, but say I, it again. I
0: love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. I, I love, love you, you, I'm sorry, sorry please forgive, forgive me, thank me, thank you. I love you, I'm sorry. Please wow. forgive me. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, very healing, especially. Are, are you getting weepy on it? Yeah, no, it's incredibly powerful for something as simple as it is. We can do it. We can keep going. Hey, listen, I am a weepy person too. I cry,
1: I cry all the time.
0: Me too. <laughs> but do you have a tissue at the ready? <laughs> I, don't know, I just wore a black shirt, so I can just do do this move.
1: Yeah. (laughs) My six-year-old boys do that move, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Except George, uh, one of the boys, they're identical twins. That's George, for the past few months, has been uh, obsessed with tissue. Uh Uh-huh. And his kindergarten teacher, before the end of the year, she texted us. She said, George has been just tearing up the tissue lately, just going through a box a day. Obsessed with it, huh?
2: Yeah. um, I wonder what that's At first,
1: he was wiping his nose a little bit, but now he just grabs one and tears it up. Uh, you know, I don't, they go through phases, as mm-hmm. small humans do. Um, and big humans. Yeah. <laughs> What's your phase right now? I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry please, please forgive, forgive me. me. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. it's a good one.
0: That's, that's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. S- still have something in my eye.
0: Yeah. It's getting bright. In yeah.
1: That's yeah. really good. That's really powerful.
0: It is. It It clear. Well, it's, it's a great prayer that helps you to take responsibility for everything that enters your field of consciousness yeah it was this guy dr hugh lynn who sort of popularized it joe vitali wrote this book called uh, i think no limits this dr hugh lynn he um healed a mental institution for the criminally insane he started doing uh, these things where people would just send him their issues right and he would simply read their issues right and then it entered into his field of consciousness. Yeah. So it became his problem.
1: He processed it for them.
0: He, he took so, such responsibility for everything in his field of consciousness that if somebody had an issue and he even heard about it, it was his issue. Like this guy was like a very true ex- empath true empath yeah like yeah. S- hardcore like uh yeah super empath and super unassuming guy when you look at his interviews like not coming yeah. off guru at all yeah like super humble nice. you know yeah and uh yeah there was a hospital for the criminally insane that was all run down people in chains this that and the other terrible understaffed yeah they wanted him to work there. He said, just send me the files. I, can t- I don't need to go there. And they're like, well, we can't. The files right. are like, you know. Private. Private. And he uh, said, OK, I'll go. And he never saw a patient the whole time he was there. He just read their files in the office and did the Ho'oponopono prayer while taking it on. And after a couple of years, or after three or four years, the hospital shut down. Because everybody, but before that, it it got overstaffed. there it right. became nobody was in chains. I mean, that like it, he healed everybody.
1: Well, it's, the most compa- the question I have is: although he didn't see the patients, did they know he was reading their? That's a good struggles? question.
0: I don't know. That's a that's. A, I don't think so, because also they were like criminally insane. So probably not. They yeah. probably just saw him wandering around, uh,
1: yeah. knowing that someone hears you is pretty big
0: I I agree I mean you know to me that story is documented but also on the side of woo woo yeah woo woo it's on the side of woo woo yeah but but I look at it like okay if that story is even vaguely true which I actually believe it is true but even if it's partially true imagine the power of that mantra if you're applying it with yourself on your own life like it's got then it really and just you just felt the power of it even for one second so so i do those hot yoga sessions where i'm making that every in breath and out breath and i I start my days with it
1: i love you i'm sorry please forgive me thank you
0: yeah it's healing nice I relate to you a lot because uh, um, I've been like checking out your story and I, there's a lot of aspects of your story I relate to a lot. Yeah. And w- and one of them is that you sort of found a love of God when you were like four. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I believed it. You know, I, I know that I know a number of people who were reared in the same kind of church going conservative environment that i was and and um despite their parents taking them to church you know wednesday night sunday night and sunday morning they didn't they ju- they didn't buy in right um and i don't know why or how or i just i bought in i didn't buy into everything i still you know it faith is a practice as well uh-huh that's um, true i've got a I've got more questions than answers, but yeah. for me, um, it's kind of been, I, I feel incomplete without some sort of faith practice, because I, because I believe it.
0: Yeah, I don't know how people do it any other way. <laughs> like, like, I just honestly well, they, don't know how. They,
1: it, it's, an, it's an infected splinter. If they don't believe it, and they try to, and it's in there, and it doesn't belong in there. You know? How do you
0: mean? What do you mean by that? Um, An infected splinter.
1: Well, when you try to force something into a spot that it doesn't naturally, or intelligently, or spiritually want to go, I think your body rejects it, and I think um, your spirit rejects it, and I think that there. I know I have good friends who are agnostic. Atheist, all different. I see man. Oh yeah. But this I, f- guy. I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> and we love him for it. It's just I not. Love it's him. just not there, and I don't know
3: how to bring it in, or I don't feel like I, I need it. It's right. just... I don't know how to. So, so it. to,
1: co- so to continue on to my, my metaphor, of the splinter, if it were ever forced on you, which it perhaps may have been in your lifetime. I try to force it. No. I'm yeah. <laughs> um, I think your spirit. And your your being will reject yeah. it, and and as I cite as evidence, the many um, faith le- leaders, in particular in the United States, mm-hmm. who do very bad things.
0: Oh right, yeah.
1: I don't believe that they believe. Oh I yeah. I think they're posing, and they've they've become uh, a big infected wound.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah.
1: So that's it. That you know we yeah. we get to, and and young children and other people of faith are subjected to the festering pus of their lie, you know?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a hardcore way of putting it. And I mean, for sure, people are, you know, obviously, yeah, they use that as a cover.
1: Yeah, but if you, but whatever's in there is going to come out. Like if you, you just, uh, I think they try really hard to keep that in there because they're supposed to and it's their livelihood and it's their, Mm -hmm. uh, their identity, but if it if you don't get it if you don't buy into God or having mm-hmm. a Maker I just don't know how you get it I don't know how you I don't know how you go through life yeah. pretending that you do although many do that they, they crash and burn
0: yeah when when I say I don't get how people do it without it I I don't mean in a judgmental towards people like I'm not judging Ehud at all it's more just I almost it's almost reverse judgment on myself like I feel like I like I need that I do believe it and I've always had that conscious conversation going on and I know it came out of struggle yeah right right? like even from when I was a kid that that's how I mean it not like in a weird way I mean it's not that I respect somebody who doesn't believe it But in a way that's even almost more what I'm saying It's courageous <laughs> Like how do you do it Like I mean this world is so spo- like crazy yeah. and I think it's like, courageous I need that Like hey are we cool what's going yeah. on You know like
1: For me the practice of faith uh, I think makes me a better person Deeply flawed as I am uh-huh. I think the practice of it um, Helps me I mean I gotta have hope like, you know, a couple of years ago, I was in a hotel room, and I had a real, like, it was one of the moments in my life where I was like, I don't think I believe in you. Like, I'm, I've yeah. had it, and it was the day that, do you remember that uh, tourist duck boat that, that oh, sank right. in Branson? Yeah. And that woman lost, I think she was from Indiana, she mm-hmm. lost her in-law's all of her children, yeah. her husband, and nephew, I think. Yeah. And as she came out and did a press conference, uh, and I just heard her, you know, people asking her questions, and she was, you know, in deep despair and found the way to, you know, get out there and talk about it. I just it's like, I don't think I believe in God. Right. What kind, what kind of a God will, would let that happen? Right. Um, and I also... Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've receded a little bit from that cynicism. I, I believe again still, but I, I don't think that everything happens for a reason. I'm no. not, I'm not in that camp. Right. I hear that at least once a day when someone says, well, I guess everything happens for I don't believe that. Right. I don't, I don't think God, uh, designed her life to end, her family's life to end that way.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Who knows? I don't, yeah. Yeah.
3: That yeah, that comes up every time people talk about God is like, how could there be a God if this happens? And things like that happen all the time. Every day. Every day, all every yeah. second. Day so do you do you stop thinking about it or like you just doubted it that one time, but it's like it's never ending.
1: I know I, 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 I question a lot. Like it, that was just a moment for me where I just kind of I was like, I'm done. Like I I can't. I can't buy into this, but, but I do, I do have questions every day and I, somebody made me, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Like something doesn't come from nothing in my opinion. Right. But you know, to me, or this, does it, or does it, maybe it does I, like, but, uh, uh, I don't think so, but it seems unreasonable that, but like, I just think this might be soul boot camp. Like, you know, that's the way I sort of go, you know, like, yeah process all that kind of stuff like okay like you know we don't understand fully the dynamics of like this life to the next and and all that kind of stuff that's how I how can we yeah I mean yeah
1: when you think about like just our physical selves what do we use like nine percent of our brain
0: that's what they say, but how do they know that? What do they get, like a little percentage <laughs> meter? Right. Did they put it in my brain when right. I wasn't looking? Because I think I'm using 100%. Right? Or I, maybe I could levitate if I really was, but I don't Ooh, know. I could,
1: but yeah, you know, uh, so when you like think How do of they
0: know that stuff when they say things like
1: Somebody that? using 100% of their brain, uh, calibrated hours. Yeah. <laughs> M-
3: MRIs of the brain and all that kind of like... Mm-hmm.
1: Like, so imagine that kind of overlay, an overlay of that... On top of our spiritual selves, yeah. Like we barely know what we're doing. We're barely just walking around fumbling in the dark.
0: Yeah. Well, I my I am I never went to church. My family had no church going vibe at all. And I started praying when I was a kid. So that also
1: right. And asked was in you
0: asked to go to church. Yeah, it was in me weirdly. So that beautifully. Yeah, beautifully and weirdly. Yeah. Yeah. unusually unusually yeah yeah so
1: i get really frustrated obviously we all watch a lot of news i'm sure Mm -hmm. because we're americans living through a hellfire i don't
0: actually i've stopped i've sort of turned it off i've curved mine back quite a bit um
1: but i (laughs) i get really bothered by when any politician of any stripe um ends a speech or comments um aside from the fact if it's a, like a mass shooting or something and people need to be need to turn to prayer or feel compelled to turn to prayer, you know, make, you know, God bless America or God bless all of us, at the end of a state of the union speech, I don't like it when the president says and may God bless America. I don't like it. Why? I think it's exclusive. I think it's not inclusive. I think you get all of the remarks from the president about the actual state of our union, and at the end, it's a kind of a secret little, you're, you know, you're only the right American if you, if you buy into that. I feel, I feel, I often imagine, what would it be like to be an agnostic or an atheist American? Like, you're left out at every turn.
2: Hmm.
0: I don't know.
1: Why do do they need to say that?
0: May God bless America. I think
3: it's on the checklist of things to say. I like, mean, it's on the money it, too. And at in this point, it's, it's meaningless. It wasn't originally. Yeah, exactly. It, it wasn't. It I was feel, It was added. I, oh, I think exactly. like yeah. it's meaningless. It's just like they they have to say it. Otherwise, yeah. the, the right and the religious people are like, why didn't he say God? Just like the whole Merry Christmas thing and yeah. like
1: Happy Holidays.
3: Right. I mean,
0: most at, president at this point. Came, Uh, need to be Christian don't they like at least they need to well that's
1: that's my point
0: that part's wild Um, that part's a bit more wild to me than them saying may God bless America they don't need
1: to be Christian
0: I know but it's like they all have been so far right at least least in claiming
1: well the first mouse seldom gets the cheese what's that mean there's gonna be someone that we're going to have a non-Christian president at some point
2: yeah America needs sure. to.
1: Um, you know, isn't Bobby Jindal? Um, isn't he not Christian? I feel like he was running for president at some know. point. Anyway, I think it's not. It, it like you're saying. They feel like they have to say it at the end of a speech.
3: I think it's like mandatory. Right, which yeah. offends me. A hundred percent, but it's just like uh, it used to be a president just had to be born here. Now they're concerned if you're married or not, mm-hmm. if you're gay or not, if you're religious or not. It's like all these things get
1: mm-hmm. added. If you as hug time. the flag. Yeah, it's just if like. If you kneel or don't kneel at the football exactly. game. Exactly. Yeah, I just think it's, I think it seems um, uh, not authentic and like a throwing a whole base of the electorate a bone at the end, I yeah. mean, if you really if you're really a person of faith and that's really the way you want to identify as the president, you know I, I don't want you to not say it, but if you're saying it to placate the uh evangelical right, don't say it.
0: I know, but that is politics. they're all they're placating yeah. it's a game of placation. that's a word you know I mean the whole thing is that so it's like I have a hard time taking it all that seriously you know what I mean it's like
1: well imagine if you were um, an agnostic American
0: I don't think it would I I would just not take it that seriously I already don't take it that seriously
1: what's wrong with me that I think about that then
0: I don't know if anything's wrong with you I think that you just you. well I think that you're it's important to you. It's not to me. Like I, I'm just.
2: Yeah.
0: It's just like I see it as an illusion in a way, or something. Anyway, or just politics in general, or just kind of like, it feels like we're being distracted from from our essence by a lot of these things in the media and stuff like that, and and outrage, and and it's. I feel like it's we're being duped in a big way. So. Yeah. It's hard for me to like really get concerned about something like a president saying, may God bless America. It's just like, that's the least of my worries. <laughs> does, it bother, I mean?
1: does it bother you any, any um, is, is your lack of concern with a president saying, God bless America, is it commensurate between a person who, like say Jimmy Carter, who actually seemed to have a really authentic faith practice and then mm-hmm. Donald Trump saying it? Do you feel any difference?
0: I mean, once they're once they're in that arena, it's like I don't, you know, it's hard to know who's authentic and who's not, and all that stuff like that because just the nature of the beast, it's like
3: interesting. Yeah, yeah. I agree with him. You're on display, so you're just yeah. playing the part. Yeah, I yeah, mean, but, but I, I
0: definitely trust Jimmy Carter more than Donald Trump. Yeah, you know, so you I, I get I get the feeling that Jimmy Carter is is a true uh, true to. To faith, I you know, but yeah, again, politics aren't my like forte, you know. For I guess these reasons, yeah, like I'm more, yeah, focused on mantras and trying to get people to do yoga and stuff like that that brings it back to their their self and 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 finding their power as individuals. Mm-hmm. and their connection within themselves as individuals and away from the distraction and blinking lights well, and I, stuff like that.
1: I don't mean to be a contrarian, but you're missive. No, be uh, one. You're missive of getting people back to, away from the distractions and back to their feelings mm-hmm. and their essence. Yeah. Your mission is is being impeded by propagation, people who propagate inauthentic faith. Uh-huh. That's getting in their How way. So. When, when people wave the uh, God flag um, mm-hmm. and they don't mean it and they don't live it, that that makes them. F- that makes your 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 students that you're trying to bring to. I don't think I have practice. students. Well, I do, I do. You have a voice here, and you're yeah. talking. You're talking about people kind of finding their center and their spiritual self and yeah. their a- authenticity. One of the huge roadblocks that's keeping people from. Seeking a path for themselves and their physical, spiritual, mental, emotional well-being mm-hmm. is um, organized religion. Yeah. So I think. I'm you- not
0: really big on organized religion.
1: Right. That, yeah. And that's what that's what I'm saying.
0: I'm so- Right. But when somebody says, may God bless America.
1: That doesn't mean it.
0: That doesn't mean it. Like, what God are they talking about blessing America to? They're not saying, may Jesus Christ bless America. That, like. You know what I mean? So in a way it's like, may God bless America is also somewhat vague, even though like we all get that they do mean, I guess like it's a Christian God in America. And it's just like, you know, I don't know. It's like, there's so much corrupt stuff out here. Yeah, pick your poison. Pick your poison, (laughs) yeah. Like like I said, politics just isn't really my strong suit. I I could see getting more political. In time, maybe, but just that hasn't been uh, my leanings yeah. so so far. But I get the feeling for you, it, it is very much so.
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, I I'm not. I'm a registered independent. Mm. Um, I don't know. I feel like the the climate we're in is forcing us to all kind of stand in a spot and hold a space. So, right. So I'm just, um, yeah, I'm worried.
0: I'm worried about, you know, outrage and uh, and and people like you know, civil civil unrest to the point of violence to the point of civil war. You know, like that that concerns me, and I feel like I wish people would calm down. You know, but yeah, um,
1: which people
0: everybody you know but I don't I don't know the answer like I yeah. don't I don't pretend to know an answer but I I do think like more outrage will lead in more violence to me seems not the answer
1: yeah the temperature is pretty hot right it's now.
0: very hot and it's getting hotter and there was a recent like uh, you know yeah so I, I don't know I, I don't know yeah. the answer I. I honestly don't yeah but if you
1: find out, will you let me know?
0: <laughs> I'll, we'll 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 talk about it at hot yoga. Okay. <laughs> Go sweat it out. <clears throat> Go sweat it out. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: Going but, from God to peanuts.
0: Wait, hold sure. on. I, I I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I went
3: to get, you get her. Oh, I went oh, to get her. Uh, when you send somebody to buy a protein bar and you don't yeah. say which, Oh yeah, I looked for a bag of peanuts and the most trivial thing they did not have. And so nobody's selling her, peanuts anymore? It's, it's the biggest <laughs> bodega in the area. They have everything except a bag of peanuts.
1: You know, I miss the, I miss yesteryear. Right. You <laughs> used to walk into a bodega and get a bag of peanuts. Want to share this with me?
0: No, thank you. I'm not doing carbs.
1: Oh, right, which explains your absolute zero body fat.
0: I'm on ketosis. Oh, are you? Yeah, I'm like I'm using fat as the fuel source.
1: How long have you been? Part has anyone ever eaten during your podcast?
0: Uh huh. Yeah, we ate we ate breakfast with Keith Keith Morris.
2: Morris. (laughs)
0: But so, like one thing, one other thing you said, and I'll let you eat too. Like we, we it's mm-hmm. just feel free. But like, are we uh,
1: rolling? When are we starting? Oh, we're
0: starting in about ten <laughs> minutes. No, we're starting. We've started. So, but one of the things uh, I found real interesting was that you said when you you came out, um, how you came out as a uh, as a, as a Christian, I guess. Mm-hmm. and that I could relate to too like that seemed like because I I, like I said I'm kind of non-denominational with my belief in God but if I'm honest and I love Hinduism Mm -hmm. but if I'm honest and it's hard for me to come out about this but I kind of lean towards a Jesus vibe in terms of my faith too but because of everything you've already stated here I have a like a natural uh repulsion towards I guess coming out as that and plus I don't like exclusivity really Mm -hmm. and and like all that you said I agree with you yeah and and so but I was curious uh that that just struck me as interesting you said that somewhere that that was other kind of coming out
1: yeah I mean Perhaps you kind of lean toward, as you said, the the Jesus mm-hmm. God. Because, I like Jesus. <laughs> well, it's what you knew. Like if you grow up in a in a mm-hmm. you know,
0: I'm from Ohio.
1: Right, that's what you know. You eat the food you you know you like and crave the food your folks made for you when you're a kid, and you mm-hmm. like and crave and feel comforted, perhaps by the religious bent mm-hmm. that you knew as a child. I mean, it's kind of cultural. It makes sense. Um, for me, that's like true. when I came out. First of all, when I whenever I say Christian, that that's the way that I was raised, but I was always like I always had issues with the Trent, the father son holy ghost thing.
0: What 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 do you mean?
1: I never really Where are
0: it, the women in there?
1: Well, well, that aside, no women in that, but but uh the, my point was I never really I know we were told that, you know, God gave his only son and Mm -hmm. Jesus walked the earth. I believe Jesus did walk the earth. Mm -hmm. But the whole um, Jesus let his son be crucified and killed to exonerate us from our sin. I just was like, I can buy into we were made by a being. But I never really fully metabolized and, and understood. I've read the Bible a couple of times. Um, I just I'm I'm not a good Christian in the in the way that I think um, the only path to salvation is through Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. our Savior, as they say. Yeah, that's I've never believed that, and in fact, my travels around the world have really kind of galvanized my not believing that.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, that doesn't feel comfortable to me either. Be, like I'm, um, you know. Right. I feel like Jesus would be. You know, like, Jesus I, would have been the coolest dude I feel like Jesus would be like, you know right. what? Hinduism is cool too. Right. But I don't really know. Like, I, like, I, like again, like I don't know much about religion, you yeah. know, either. Like, uh, I just
1: few do. Yeah, including me. Yeah. Um. So to your point about my saying that I had to come out as a Christian when I came mm-hmm. out, I felt that I came out like almost a decade ago now, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Congratulations! Um, thank you. Um, when you are part of a faith or part of a community like the LGBTQ community who most of us sat in church pews during our childhood, most of us had a big fat secret uh-huh. and most of us heard our preacher, our pastor, our priest talk about
0: Disparage people like, yeah,
1: drunkard, thief, murderer, yeah. adulterer homosexual so at some point in one's life and i think it's a it's a part of human kind of fight or flight um sometimes we have to kind of jettison these negative things so we can survive and is it any wonder that lgbtq people left their churches Mm. it's like and i write about this in i think i write about it in my book or i've talked about it it's me like me oh like Um, me sorry That you remember being on the playground as a kid and uh, during recess and there are two kids and they're the co-captains of what will be the kickball team and they're going to pick from everybody. And Johnny picks that kid and and Sally picks that kid and and they go back and forth and you're never the one that's picked first and you're often the kid that's picked last. Mm -hmm. At some point, you're going to say, I hate I hate." Recess. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to recess. Right? Why would I want to go out there and be picked last?
0: Yeah, that rejection.
1: Yeah, and so the the LGBTQ community, um, we have so many stories um, among us about not just feeling welcome, but being actually maligned and being told we're going to hell and being sent to conversion therapy, which is incredibly damaging in every way. Right. So conversion. When I yeah, it's sick. (laughs) and yeah. and it's still happening. So when I came out, that's why I wanted to just not go, you know, tweet, hey, y'all, I'm gay. I wanted to I wanted to tell, you know, as I've often said the nuanced story of what it's like to hide the essence of who you are and the essence of who I am as a person of faith. A gay person, I love country music,
2: mm-hmm. I'm
1: a Midwestern farm girl. Mm-hmm. Like these things can coexist. Right. Um and so uh I did, in, in a way, feel like I was coming out in the gay community, in the LGBT community as a person of faith, and it blew my mind and continues to blow my mind how many people of faith um, write to me or talk to me at a show or and say, you know, your story was kind of the first time I could see my whole story right. in one book.
0: Yeah, and the... the, the the mix of contradictions or supposed contradictions
1: right. yeah and so yeah. i felt and i continue to feel really proud um but i would i would say that again my my faith practice uh, has waxed and waned especially in the past decade right um mostly about like the organization of evangelical religion here it's just yeah like, well I you know,
0: yeah i would say like to don't let religion screw Ruined. up your faith. Right, like that should be a song. <laughs> that
1: should be a bumper sticker. That should and be a, a bumper sticker. But that's
0: yeah. like i been like very, I guess I'm lucky and, and to speak to your point about what happened to you, which you got forced into religion. I just never did like it, lucky it was, you. I got lucky in that way. Like I literally had to ask to go to church. Nobody, like I went with my grandma none of my, my parents didn't even want to go. Like, mm-hmm. so I just, and then I, I, I was sent to like a summer camp, a Jewish center, comp, summer camp. I'm not Jewish. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy. Like it was like, so That's I guess, cool. yeah, it's kind of cool in a way. Mm-hmm. Cause it just like, it was a, like a complete, and then there was enough like, trauma and psychic pain like bucket loads of Mm -hmm. it to where i did need to like seek that comfort and and i just heard you say somewhere that like that connection never left you and it's like that's the that's That's the essence is that connection it's not like what this guy's doing and that guy's doing and this guy in that robe is saying and he's full of shit you know like of right. course, like to me, like yeah, of course they're all full of shit. Like right. I got that from like you know, <laughs> that's right. from, I got that from when I was a, like a teenager, and and I've seen it the whole time. So, right, but the connection between me and and that, yeah, thing guy girl it
1: Yeah, absolutely force yeah.
0: It ain't getting messed with by all these foolish shit malarkies. Right.
2: You know?
1: <laughs> like. Well, it's so great that that's intact for you and kind yeah. of um, has some kind of a barrier. Somehow you've been able or the way you're, you've lived your life or the people around you um, have left kind of an impenetrable barrier around that really beautiful essence of your faith. Yeah. Um, yeah, and when we know, I mean, uh, you don't. You just need to watch the news once to know that so many, especially young people, that's not impenetrable for them because it's coming at them, the judgment, the the uh, rhetoric, the um, dogma. You know, it's dangerous, and I'm I'm really I've kind of identify with you in the way that that's just kind of been a sovereign part of me right. for so long, and I'm, we're lucky. Yeah, we so are really very lucky. very lucky. Yeah. yeah
0: um
3: what are you with with your you have kids right Mm -hmm. two um so do you
0: george and uh, george and everett george and everett
3: they're six do you how did you do you bring like religion into the house at what age and like do you force them to go to church what do you do when they say mommy i don't want to go to church
1: um my wife is jewish okay and um i'm you know uh Kind of non-denominational Christian. Um, we don't. They've gone to temple a couple of times. What well, have they? We went to a couple of bar mitzvahs, though. I don't think they went. Perhaps the first time we took them into a church was last fall. Okay. And I go into a church. I'm in a church maybe every two or three days. Um, I go by myself. You
0: you go to church frequently.
1: I don't go to church services. I go oh. into a church.
0: Oh yeah I do that too sometimes
1: yeah that's 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 how I do it from for me and um so I'm in I know I've been into every church on the upper east upper west Harlem what's your favorite um Saint Ignatius I think it's beautiful on the upper east side it's gorgeous I mean Saint Patrick's is beautiful um I I go to churches of all, I go to the Greek Orthodox churches, anywhere the door is open, I'm in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so my wife and I were walking with our boys on a fall afternoon, it was kind of cool, we were headed out for some um, hot chocolate at Starbucks. We walked past a church, and, and my wife has never gone into these churches with me, I've never asked her, you know, I mm-hmm. wouldn't, I wouldn't. Um, and we walked by church, I said, let's go in here. Let's show the boys this. And it was like a Saturday afternoon. We go in and the boys are talking really loudly. And we said, you know, kind of got to be quiet. There were maybe two or three people in Mm -hmm. there praying, but they were on their way out. And the boys, they were like, whoa, it's so big. I was like, yeah. And one of them commented, it looks so much bigger inside than it does on the outside, which is something I've always thought about churches. And, Mm. um, so we left and, and George said, so Everett was walking with Lauren about 30 yards ahead, and I was walking with George, and he said, Mama, the people in there were dead. And I said, What do you mean? And he said, They were dead. And I said, They weren't dead? He said, I said, Why do you think they were dead? And he said, They weren't moving. Mm. And I said, Oh, they were praying. <laughs> and George said, what is, what is praying? And I said, Well, it's like when you close your eyes and you make a wish. And he said, Like, To Santa? And I was like, Yep. <laughs>
2: So that's that's it. it. Make a wish. I mean,
1: I, at some point, my boys will. I mean, I. We don't. They don't do nighttime prayers. We. But we do affirm things in the nighttime before we go to bed. We uh-huh. talk about the people we love and that we think about them and hope they're feeling better. And so I, I hope that our boys kind of get, you know, kind of what you got yeah. from your folks, which was a safe and open space to kind of explore. Yeah. That they're kind of they're spiritual. They're 6 years old. So yeah. I don't want to I don't want to instill a dogma in them. I don't
2: Yeah. you know,
1: they may want to practice Judaism. Right. I you know, I've thought about converting. I love it. I oh, yeah. love it. Um <laughs> it's beautiful and, and the temples are pretty great too. So the answer to your question is no. They don't that I I feel like they have the byproducts of a faith practice right now they have the i think the value system that i want them to that we want them to know about which Mm -hmm. is be a good try to be a good person and you're going to fail every day at being a good person so the next day you get another shot at it
0: what do you love about judaism
1: um it's more inclusive um i really like the services I really really like um, I like the music. Mm-hmm. I like the the tones and the intervals of the music and the But isn't Judaism
0: yeah. about Jesus is not the savior or is mm-hmm. it? Is it yeah. so are you so you're kind of leaning more that way now?
1: Well, I never I told you I was never really I you, never really You said
0: g- you didn't think that was the only way, but you didn't really say that you didn't believe yeah, I was so. trying.
1: Then I misspoke. I was trying to tell you that I never.
0: You never believed. I that.
1: never really. Although when I was baptized at uh-huh. age nine, right, um, it was you know my pastor uh, Warren Skiles, you know we talked about Jesus and I said the things I that I had been taught to say because I really wanted to be baptized. Uh-huh. I asked to yeah. be baptized, and I write about that in my book. Um, that I I'm I'm like you. I asked to go to church. My parents didn't go every weekend. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, But I never really, the whole, I just believed in God. Mm-hmm. And the whole um, Father, Son, Holy Ghost thing just really threw me. And I didn't, I didn't, um, I've, a few times in my life I've prayed in Jesus' name, I pray. Uh, but I don't anymore. I don't say right. that anymore. Yeah. The prayer I said as a kid, dear God, please don't l- let me get, be gay. Mm-hmm. Um, I promise to be a good person. I promise not to lie, not to cheat, not to steal. In your name I pray, amen. You know. I was invoking some Jesus stuff there but it was only yeah. because that's what I knew.
0: Yeah, I like uh sometimes I'll say in the name of Jesus Christ I rebuke the spirit of fear. Whenever I'm afraid I turn to Jesus like yeah. that. But I'm My yeah, mom, you know, that, that's like the language Hinduism my... and all that stuff too so anyway. Yeah.
1: I mean what you're saying is that the for you saying that it's because that's in your DNA. Like yeah. that's what
0: I think he's my, like one of the main guys. Right. I love him. He's a, you know, right. but like, I just don't think, like, my I boy. just think he's like, yeah, I'm just more open-ended about it. Like, it's not, and I don't think, if if you don't believe that, I don't think you're going to hell. Right. I, I just don't believe that. But my, I do believe people, yeah, anyway, go ahead. What no, I was going to say
1: my mom, that's the language she used as well. Yeah. And she believed it very, you know, passionately and deeply. Um, and so she talked about Jesus a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, it was, com- it was completely authentic for her. Yeah. Um, and I remember watching The Exorcist when I was a kid. I
0: remember watching The Exorcist when I was a kid, too. And it's That's traumatic.
1: And it scared me yeah. so bad. I was yeah. a little kid, and my dad let me stay up late. He stayed up late and watched it with me. He fell asleep on the couch, and I watched the whole thing. And the yeah. next morning, my mom said to my dad you let her watch what right and it scared me so how old were you uh, six or seven was yeah, too young and um i remember just being terrified i couldn't sleep the next couple of nights and my yeah. mom said if you ever feel like you're being possessed by a demon because i've just had this fear because i also was kind of knowing understanding that i was different at that time mm-hmm. and so i thought of course i made a small uh, reasonable leap for a seven or eight year old that oh of course i'm a I'm possessed by the devil. Devil, if I'm wow. gay, I'm yeah. possessed by the. De- so my mom would just tell me, if you ever feel afraid, all you have to say is, in Jesus' name, um, you know, I reject you, yeah. or, you know, or go away, or God help me, or whatever. So that was the language that made sense to me too. Yeah.
0: Well, and and uh, yeah. So you had a pretty complicated relationship with your mom, huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Olympically
0: olympically complex. complicated by the way i have a very complicated relationship with my family of origin as well so i can relate to you on your family of origin yeah i can relate to you on that what do you
1: mean by that family of origin
0: or just like mom dad yeah sister
1: yeah your immediate um, family immediate family mm-hmm.
0: yeah but uh then there was a part where you guys were estranged for a while right yeah right yeah about
1: 20 years
0: wow Mm-hmm. and then but you came together at the end
1: yeah, I mean, uh, my mom was estranged from all three of us kids.
0: So you had two two siblings. Yeah,
1: I'm. Let's see, I'm. Fo- I'll be 49 in a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, my sister Jenny just turned 50, and mm-hmm. my brother Chris will be 51 in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Next week.
0: Oh, so you're the youngest. I'm the baby. Yeah. Um, and me so too.
1: you she are. Had you guys are
0: yeah. pretty
3: close together.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm 71. Yeah. 70, yeah, yeah. 1970.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, we were all, you know, my mom did so many things right. Um, but as you know, parenting is just full of trap doors. Yeah. Um, and so and, and you know, my mom had a difficult life from the get go. She was a polio survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are a lot of things going on with my mom. And um, she basically raised us. You know, my dad worked a lot. he was a construction worker in Kansas City mm-hmm. so really, my mom had this burden of having no money, no resources. Mm-hmm. She was a stay at home mom and probably was not designed to be a stay at home mom mm-hmm. but well, just
0: more of like a needed a, a more of like
1: well she was really shy-huh um but she was also she was just she was incredibly smart right and needed probably some more adult stimulation okay. you know she needed she had a couple of good friends um my mom was always the smartest person in the room mm-hmm. and so to be stuck at home and i don't i i don't i'm not saying anything pejorative about parents who are care caregivers at home but right but it she can drive li- you a little nuts she was literally stuck at home mm-hmm. with you know off in our car didn't work you know no way to get out there no way to kind of Socialize and kind of bounce ideas off of other people. She was really creative and mm-hmm. really smart. And, um,
0: like a thwarted artist, maybe?
1: Well, yeah. She was a great writer. Uh-huh. Um, she was really super creative and just really, you know, read a lot of books and would write essays. And she, she was a remarkable person. Again, not designed to be at home with three kids all the time. Right. Um, and so then uh, she and my dad divorced after about 25 years and she you know that was not pretty and something kind of unclicked for her and so she kind of she was she kind of uh she's she's gone now so i don't i don't want to say things that you know she can't uh, you know rebuff or rebuke. Right. um she's kind of left she kind of, she kind of left yeah, us. She all, out. Yeah, the three of us kids were out in our adult lives already, so it's not like she like picked up and moved out of our house. We were already gone, but yeah. she emotionally kind of evaporated, and
2: yeah,
1: um, and so that was hard. And you know, we kids would that recon- is hard. Yeah, we would reconnect with her, and and um, and she was, you know, somebody was always kind of in the barrel, like two of us would be like in her good graces Uh and then one would she would kind of go after one
0: scapegoat would shift positions oh yeah it was a moving target that's wild and we would call it that's lucky in a way she
1: had options yeah there was a reprieve for uh, each of us at a time anyway the long and the short of it is uh we all like loved our mother and like the whole time and missed her and of course um but it was complicated and sometimes Mm -hmm. you know there are just relationships that aren't safe and for a long time she wasn't safe for me and I knew I was gay and I knew I was going to come out and so I didn't tell her that I was coming out because I hadn't talked to her in a couple of years and and I told her you know I came out on the today show and she called me and just kind of about a, a, a two hour dressing down of my spirit. Yeah. Um, and then in 2015, 2014, we found out she was sick. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And we all kind of rushed home. I swore to my wife that she would never meet my mom and mm-hmm. that, you know, not because I was trying to punish my mom, but because I didn't want to subject well, my said, wife to it.
0: You said it was unsafe yeah. for you. I yeah. can relate to that.
1: Yeah. Um, and so we all went. My mom was sick. We all went.
0: Mm-hmm. We got
1: a the day after. We all kind of got there. When you
0: went, did you feel like? Did you feel scared? About, it must have been terrifying at that point. I didn't no? because
1: I. Well, I've had a tremendous amount of therapy in my life. Uh-huh. Um, I had really found a, a true compassion from my mom around uh, 2008 2009. I did a lot of work on myself and. A lot of like some some portals to compassion really opened up and how so I went to a place called the Hoffman Institute in uh, California which is a really cool place to kind of go pull yourself apart and put yourself back together
0: the Hoffman Institute what mm-hmm. is, what, what's the
1: eh, it's worth googling it's um, a okay. it's like a mental health retreat okay where you go and you're alongside other people kind of in the same path on trying to f- kind of jettison some of that negativity and mm-hmm. and it, and nine times out of ten with my colleagues and my peers at the Hoffman Institute um, and it's like Fight club there's one thing about the Hoffman Institute you, you don't, don't talk t- about don't it talk about but it. I can tell you the you know the, the 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 top line of it is that all of us kind of going there nine times out of ten it's a parental relationship that a person is trying to uh, reconcile yeah, of
2: course. <laughs> yeah, it's powerful and, it's, yeah. and so
1: that was 2008 I went there before, before I came out as I was preparing as I was writing my book and preparing to come out yeah. and um, they, they take you through a lot of different exercises and you write a lot and you just do that work that we as humans need to do
0: did that stuff make it in your book
1: uh, the, well, some wow, of the practices did. Yeah. I didn't identify them or tab them as Hoffman Institute practices, but w- one of the. I remember the day that all of the work I had done kind of coalesced, and my my uh, counselor there asked me, like, "What do you feel and what do you see?" Because I, I just I just had an eruption of real compassion for my mom, and it was it was purple it was like i, I just was washed over and my my eyes were closed but i just saw like this beautiful purple. deep purple that's and so, the
0: third eye chakra is
1: that's, it
0: yeah that's up here like if you yeah is yeah, that like, good yeah i would say so yeah it's like you know they're, they're, they're color-coded the chakras. Oh, I didn't know that. yeah so that's up there
1: well, I had that. Yeah, I so had maybe a, that's
0: a kundalini awakening almost or something
1: like that. I, I like what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: we'll talk about it at Hot Yoga. <laughs> we will. Um, I
1: was awash in what was, Purple. for years I'd been going to therapy and saying to myself and to my friends and my partners and my therapist, well, my mom's doing the best she can. But I didn't yeah. I didn't really believe it. Yeah. And then I didn't have to believe it anymore. I knew it.
0: Oh, Yeah.
1: And so I, yeah. so when I, when we found out my mom was sick, and my brother called and he said, "I think it's brain cancer." I said, "Why? Do, right. Why would you say that?" He said, "Because she's talking crazy. She said she wishes she could meet Lauren and the boys." Aww. And in that instant, I knew we were going, and that's, I didn't yeah. have any regret.
0: Well, that's beautiful. It was. Yeah, it was the, I, I do think so too. That they're, everybody's doing the best they can, even if the best they can kind of sucks, you know. Like, yeah. that's a. Kind of a silly way of putting it, but you know what I mean. Like, it's not
1: silly at all. Yeah, yeah. Like what I what I have learned, and I try to give. I try to let myself have this as well. We really, we really do wake up every day and we do the very best we can. And some days I'm so broken beyond, you know, belief. I don't do very well. And then the next day I get a. I go sit, you know, in a church or go for a walk in Central Park. Or read a book to my kids, and I get a reset, and I yeah. get g- grace, and I get to try again.
0: Have you researched um, MPD at all? Narcissistic personality oh, disorder? Oh, sure. I yeah. thought you said
1: MPD, but yeah, of course my mom was a narcissist. Okay. I also yeah. think she had some, maybe some bipolar issues, undiagnosed. Yeah. I mean, her poor little body went through so much yeah. being, you know, having had polio early in her life. And right. she was in the hospital having surgeries like nonstop from, you know, when she was first diagnosed at a very young age until like nine years old. Yeah, Think of how formative that the, the, your life is as a human being from a toddler to nine years old.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah,
1: to be in a hospital.
0: Yeah. yeah. Your your song uh Shut Up and Drive has that line about like you'll you'll miss you'll, you'll miss me but you're 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 are going to miss
1: you'll only miss the man you wanted him to be.
0: Right. That's right. that's so MPD. Because yeah. like you know like uh you know like a lot of times we like imagine people being something other than what they are, especially people that have, yeah. you know. Yeah. That are are narcs that the thing about that disorder that's crazy is once I realized that like it you know like with covert narcissism it's it's on purpose and it's and it there's an intention to destroy
1: hurt, everything in its path.
0: Yeah, hurt hurt the other person. That yeah. was that that once I started waking up to that and and sort of seeing how that was operating in my life and how I had gotten very close to like almost my life you know ending because of it. Mm. I, I it took, you know, it's it's taken me a lot. Now I'm I'm on the same page as you. I'm back. I'm I'm back to everybody's doing the best they can even yeah. even if they are I- infected by a, a Jezebel spirit for instance or MPD or whatever you want to call it. Like even if there's a, a layer of evil going on, I mm. still can have compassion through that because that means they have a disorder, a disease, so it's not the, the the soul of the person I can be compassionate about, and plus, I also tend to view everything in a more abstract way, like, where, you know, like, uh, this is like soul boot camp, yeah. and so, yeah. you're part of my soul boot camp, and, and if I can survive this, then I'll be, I'll find a greater purpose and a a deeper existence. So therefore, I I love you anyway, you know, like, or uh, maybe even because of it, you know, but, but for people that are like deep into the trenches of that and still in like locked in despair, locked near suicide and all that. And I know you can relate to that. Like, it's a little, it's a little gnarlier. Like, like that compassion is something that you... Is a great gift if you can arrive there, yeah. but you have to do a lot of work on yourself, and you have to be—you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's a—it's a, it's a trapdoor for sure. And when when a person is in it, in the throes of—I mean, you you go—we go to battle every day yeah. with ourselves, and then when you engage another kind of entity, like a, a parent or a sibling or somebody yeah. that that's broken, but they're tangled up with us. Uh, that you know, y- you got to have the proper tools to go to battle, and you know that's why therapy or meditation or faith or whatever are, are helpful tools to kind of get through. And it's hard to set aside anger. You know, I. Oh yeah. Um, anger Ooh, when is when you
0: first wake up to that stuff. It's like rage. Yeah. Hmm, man, yeah. like, wait—you mean you knew? Like, <laughs> like, you it's mean hard. that shit was on purpose? Are you kidding me? Like, right? Like well, the, forty years of on purpose bullshit. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. but it's like, well, you
1: know, like uh, Muhammad Ali, <laughs> when he, you know, the rope a dope.
0: I box. Okay, so I'm you, a boxer too. All right, so you know mm-hmm. the rope a dope mm-hmm. that
1: Muhammad Ali often employed to, to win. Mm-hmm. So, for those who don't know what it is, it's basically he just kind of laid back and let his opponent just mm-hmm. tucker, themselves themselves <laughs> right? tucker
0: themselves out, right? Tucker themselves. You and, are Midwestern.
1: And then, right, right, and then he would just lay one glove on them and they'd <laughs> fall over because they've yeah. exhausted themselves. Um, you know, we do an emotional rope a dope every day and and the quicker you can get to and I say this uh not because I've mastered it because I try to employ it yeah um but the quicker we can release anger because you know as I always say it doesn't serve me it's never helped me not a single
0: time right well anger I mean actually I would disagree with that not to be a contrarian yeah
1: I love contrarians (laughs) I love contrarians
0: too um But yeah, I think anger is useful, especially like for uh, empaths and and scapegoats that are like or, you know, if you've been raised up that way to like where, you know, it's like anger is something you can graduate into. You have to finally let it go. But like it's a protector, you know, and a lot of people are super vulnerable towards like they just have no... Like that, they get they they veer towards depression, and yeah. then, so like one one like rung up from depression is anger, because then at yeah. least you're on then at least you're like actively actively engaged. on your own yeah. side at that point, I've, which is huge step for a lot of people. But then they have to yeah. go past anger because you can't live in that, you know.
1: Right. One way to look at anger, for me, is like it's an, like an antibiotic. Like uh-huh. you don't want to take it all the time, right? It loses its effectiveness, yeah. If you if you're always on an antibiotic, yeah. Um, but there are times when you know it, yeah. you should pick it up, yeah, for it, cause, sure, because it can protect you. So uh, I know I'm not the interviewer, yeah, but, you are, Wait, but it's, it's... but so you mentioned before about your complicated <sighs> relationship with your folks, yeah, and a sibling, uh huh. So what um. Well, give me the top line of that, if you if you will, since I gave you mine.
0: Well, I I started discovering MPD, mm-hmm. and I woke up, was waking up to to the, the dynamics of that, and I started. It was like it was. I started talking about it openly. Like I'm very. I'm, I tend. I lean towards openness. Yeah. Probably. op like you know, too much openness. Um, and the, and then a lot of really odd things started happening with, uh, my family of origin to the point where it became untenable for me to remain with, within it essentially. So yeah. I've been estranged from my entire family for years now, which is oh, that's heavy. very heavy. Mm-hmm like Dad, uh, I
1: like it I, that hurts oh it, I it, hurt it, for you
0: uh, well thank you it it's it's uh it's it's it is what it is it is it's incredibly yeah. heavy it's uh it's how I've it's how I root my my life it's why when I wake up in the morning, I hoa pono for an hour. I on mm-hmm. a run into hot yoga, and mm-hmm. my whole life has become survival. It always has been because it was survival before that, but it was like within a lot of toxic structures going on, mm-hmm. um, and so I've like evolved into all these survival skills. You know, yeah. uh, that it's and it's. It's given me, well, like you said too, like, okay, you have a voice, and I've begun making videos about surviving this kind of stuff, and I've, I've, yeah. and a lot of people respond that it helps them, so all of a sudden, like these struggles that we have, like yeah. the struggles that you've had, like they actually they actually make us like they you can see the you can see how oh this has like made my life more significant not that you're doing this on purpose for a significant life but yeah. because of all you've dealt with like all your like oh my contradictions and wildness you've inspired so many people and given so much imagine if you were just like who you should have been this country star you know married with kids like right. in a straight world and yeah. never questioned anything yeah, like that might have been the dream as the little girl. Yeah, but like, yeah, was. would you would you trade it for what you have now? I mean, and how intensely meaningful your life is now. Like, yeah. so yeah, I wouldn't I, be me. You wouldn't be you, and and also you wouldn't be nearly as interesting. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know you, you know, no offense to straight people out there, <laughs> yeah, right? But or you know, we don't judge them. You know. <laughs> But like Not so, that there's anything wrong with that. so I look at it like that, and, and and I do love my family of origin, and and I would love for there to be some kind of resolution. Um, and I've made attempts in a way, um, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's 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 complicated, mm. you know. As mm-hmm. uh, as you know, yeah, yeah I, I can relate to you with with what you dealt with with your mother, but like even. The, the fact that you came back together at the end is inspiring to me and of, and of course I'm full of love I love them but but yeah. at the same time like what you said it's not safe for me. Yeah. And and um my life has progressed and healed in ways that are unimaginable to who I was 4 years ago for instance or yeah. you know like so it's it's obvious. Yeah. In a way that this is this is just the path that I'm meant to be on. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, and, and we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. But, you know, yeah. um, yeah. It's, it is, it, it's, it's incredibly painful. As, you know, particularly, anyway, yeah, particularly, you know, I, I miss my nephews like nobody's business. Yeah. I mean, I love and miss them incredibly. And, and how long has Pray this for a them and been? ho'oponopono for them. <laughs> and, yeah. But also, I also feel like there is, anyway, how long
1: has the estrangement been?
0: It's been over 3 years. Yeah. So it's it's heavy, but it's also, you That's know, new.
1: it's it, still it's pretty new. Still
0: very new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's uh it's this is the first year where it's like my focus isn't totally on them. I mean, but like also it, you know, it it was it was super focused on them for a while. Now it's more just like, you know, things like the fruits of survival and healing are starting to reveal themselves in things like even this podcast for instance yeah. and just like but i almost went homeless i mean i had you know i mean it yeah. it was nuts it, like it was
3: uh, when did you almost go
0: homeless um you know after a couple like i but right before i started that band with peter buck like that that bailed me out of mm of major. Well, when you had
3: to move out of brooklyn
0: <laughs>
1: yeah i mean i ended
0: i,
3: I there, uh, that's the
1: title of your memoir what i had to move out of brooklyn
0: yeah i had to i well Gosh. i did have to i um and the and the yoga practice really like mm-hmm. w- really helped me because i was all i also went through a period like dark night of the soul thing like like isolation and i would i wouldn't say like i didn't come as close to suicide as i feel like like from your story, what mm-hmm. you you've detailed in the in that regard, mm-hmm. but it's certainly
1: you were given up. You were giving no, up. no. I up. didn't.
0: I actually no. I had this like I I found like the eye of the tiger. Like because it was so like when when you talked about your story in that regard. Yeah, I I, I saw in an interview you said, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't have. You actually and then I, and this like a light bulb went off in my head when you said this because you were like I, it was, wasn't like I had thirty bucks in the bank, like I had stuff you mm-hmm. that was a quote I, I might have mm-hmm. the dollar amount wrong, but it was a, along those lines. you remember saying something like that uh
1: i I don't specifically I don't know when I said it, but i right. but i I've made that point often that i wasn't you know I wasn't uh <sighs> destitute I had yeah. resources
0: I, I was. I did have only $30. Like yeah. I was destitute. And and so in a way that helped me because it was so insane.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: across the board like that it was like there was no there it it became it it became impossible to even like mess around on any level it became like dude if you it was like survival kicks in yeah it's almost like if Mm -hmm. you get like if you're trapped under a car and suddenly you can lift the car yeah kind of thing it was dire straits it was dire straits like so i feel like in a way if i had money or this or that or something else it could have messed me up in some way Uh because i could have been like i could have leaned on Mm self-pity whereas i could not afford self-pity I just couldn't mm-hmm. afford it at all. It was yeah. like, it became like, okay, I started boxing. I started like, yeah. you know, doing all this other kind of like yeah. stuff. And then having
1: resources can often delay a person's rock bottom because absolutely. one can, there are certain medications of all stripes that a person can access if you have resources. Right. Uh, and I'm not talking necessarily pharmaceuticals, I know but what you mean. There are you know, there are a thousand ways. Yeah, there are a thousand ways to medicate, or you know, the the magical thinking. I'll just buy a new house. I'll, right. You know, there are ways to distract yourself, and and um.
0: Some Prada shoes.
1: Yeah, I mean that's really not my thing, but um, <laughs> a new guitar. <laughs> yeah, um, new guitar. But yeah, I I was I when I hit my rock bottom in early two thousand six. Yeah. I it was definitely on my mind that you know I'm not. People have it harder than I have it. Yeah. Yet I'm. This feels like my bottom. Right. Um. And I know, uh, having grown up in a household with not enough money. Right. I know the stresses that my yeah. folks went through and watched that. Like they literally were, like deciding to pay the water bill or the light bill. Right. You know. And then. We couldn't mail it because the check wouldn't clear yet, and we waited till midnight the night before and drove it and deposited, it. you know, it was yeah. all that kind of stuff. No, it becomes I, so I know painful, the stressors yeah. of that, and so I was hyper aware during my breakdown that, you know, I, I don't have it as bad as some people have it. Yet I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like I was done.
0: Why do you, Why do you think you were done at that point?
1: because um, I boxed myself in. Mm-hmm. Because I'd created a, an entire facade of who I was supposed to be. And, and it
0: stopped working.
1: Well, I, I, when I cut a deal with God when I was a kid that, you know, I'll never be gay. And then and then my deal kind of changed as the years went by. It will I'll be gay, but I won't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you cut these deals with God when you're 9 and 13 and 15, you know, one doesn't really realize what a powerful role companionship and love will ultimately play in your life. So, you know, I had a partner for 12 years and we fell apart because, you know, we were in the closet. and, Mm -hmm. um, And so I was exhausted spiritually, physically, emotionally. I was just, I didn't know a way out of that corner into which I had really painted myself. No one had ever... You know no commercial country artist in Nashville had ever come out right and I didn't see a way to undo you know all of that thing that I'd built yeah. so
2: it
3: was done. What did your partner during those ten or twelve years what were What were her feelings of, what, did she try to get you to come out or was, was she wasn't out either? you were both
1: Yeah, she wasn't out either either, and, and it was you know we both. Did you both want to come out? And you just didn't no, do it because did, of the country situation. We didn't. Uh, she didn't want to come out, but she wanted me to. We told two people, our our therapist, and then we told a couple mm-hmm. a friend of ours, two two lesbians who were a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, what she wanted me to do was tell my band and my managers, and because it was always awkward, like she was she felt uncomfortable in situations where kind of my team was around because they just thought she was my friend and so she wanted to have it be known by she
3: wanted recognition
1: yeah yeah and just um you know if she needed to text my or call my manager late at night in the night for something she wanted to be able to do that and as it stood she was just my friend and so but I would not do that I wouldn't tell anybody um, I have a lot of reasons for that. The most compelling was when you arm people with your truth, when you're a closeted country singer and they work for you, then you better be prepared to keep them in your employ forever.
0: Right.
2: Yeah.
3: So you were walking around like you were having an affair the whole time, pretty much. Uh huh. Sort of a feeling where you can't, and I get it. Right? Yeah. Is yeah. that why the relationship broke up? Because you refused to do it?
1: No. I mean, it was part of the soup. But the relationship ended because I got spooked. I got scared that we were about to be outed. Oh, really? Yeah, and I panicked. And I was uh, a mutual a, a peer in the industry who had been a friend of friend of mine for a long time Um, since I first got to Nashville we were friends we worked at a a theme park together he um, we watched an NCAA basketball game one night and we were at the studio and then we went to his house and he had a couple of beers and he was driving me back and we were never romantic like would never I would never you know this was not anything it wasn't a date or anything like that um we'd been pals for a long time but he um he had he had a few beers in him and he said i'm gonna ask you something mm-hmm. and i write about this in my book um he said are you gay and for the first time ever in my professional life i'd always set it up to where no one had ever asked me that mm-hmm. i just kept every that's not a that's not a question anyone would ever ask me right because i kept everyone at an arm's length and uh-huh um and I ov- omitted you know by by not saying things I was lying all the time but I never actually had to answer that question he said are you gay and I took a breath and I was alone with him in his car and I took a breath in and I said no I'm not and he said because that shit ain't right that will wow. never fly and I, I felt incredibly unsafe and but I thwarted you know I I, I kind of Fought off the situation as it was. Why would somebody night.
0: ask that and then respond so like you, that? Like,
1: oh, no. so you were weighing
3: no, no. your career versus coming out in a yeah. way, and that that ended your relationship.
1: Yeah. So I panicked in the next few days, and my partner asked what was going on, and I told her what that conversation was, and, and that freaked you out. And it that freaked that me out, and I said we got to sell the house. We got to. We moved. We bought separate houses. And I, in the back of my mind, I really, honest to God, and I've, I've read my journals since then, I really thought we would just cool it for a little bit mm-hmm. and then end up back together. And that fissure, that, you know, that crack that I kind of allowed to exist just widened and a lot of hurt and a lot of damage happened. And we never, and then I had my breakdown in 2006, uh, shortly after that, mm-hmm. and that's when I knew. Um, and she and I even tried to get back together. We went back to therapy, um, but I knew as I was in therapy with her, nothing is going to change in my life unless I come out. And mm-hmm. I knew she did not at that point want to come out. Has
0: she come out since?
1: Um, I don't want to say.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Still friends?
1: Uh, I don't want to say. Okay. Um, but I, I knew, I can't. Get back with her again i I will break her again right I have to come out and so
0: was writing the book like uh when, when, what inspired you to write the book
1: yeah, so after I had a gun in my mouth <laughs> um, and I say with no amount of I'm, i don't mean to be flip about it mm, it the day i didn't the morning i didn't kill myself uh-huh. was the morning I knew. Oh, I got to do, I got to really come out like all the way out. I got to do it right. Mm-hmm. I got to write down the whole story. Um, if I have to go bind this at Kinko's and on, you know, and pay for each copy and then hand them out, I right. will. So I didn't have a book deal. Because you,
0: you, you wanted the whole story explained in the way that you wanted to explain it.
1: So. Yeah, because um, there were a number of ways, and even if uh, even after I wrote the book and put it out, there were a number of ways that people, you know, tried to mitigate my story or negate my story. Well, she was, you know, she wasn't at the height of her career anymore. She was never that biggest star. You know, there are a number of ways that people minimize. try to minimize. You know,
0: well, that person's. People are assholes. Yeah, right. But I knew. I knew in my heart. <laughs> not, always, not all together, but a lot of times. We yeah. are all assholes at, at some point.
1: Um, Guilty. But I knew. Well, this guy. I knew. Well, that.
2: <laughs>
1: um, obviously, this guy.
0: Obviously, this guy. I,
1: I knew that there would be someone, even if it were one person, who would read my book and feel less alone. And uh, I knew I had a public capital with country fans. Most mm-hmm. of them at that time knew who I was. I—I yeah. And I, I just, that's how I decided to cash in my chips and, and be known. Yeah. And so writing the book was um, incredibly, it was not the book I thought I was going to write. Right. I started writing it the day, you know, short, shortly after I didn't end my life. And I opened my laptop. Opened a Word document. Wrote Like Me as my title page.
0: Like Me. Where did you come up with that title? It
1: was a song that I... Oh, right. I, you it, had the song. It was yeah. a song that I was coming up on a record, Rodney Crowell and I were making, yeah. that I hid from him. I know. Yeah. I know right. the story. Yeah. So, um, and I knew, I just knew that that was the title. I began yeah. writing and I stayed at that table for days. I mean, I, I barely ate. I barely slept. I cried a river. I, and I knew i was writing it i knew it was happening and then i moved to new york Uh, i and i I had it in my head random house is going to publish my book why i don't know that's the only publisher that's the biggest publisher in the world that i knew of yeah and uh, as it turns out random house did publish my book that's
0: amazing and And how how long did it take you to write it
1: um from starting it to when it came out it was uh more than three years Right. So I moved to New York to finish my book. I was in the middle of writing it. And I moved to New York, frankly, because I thought I would chicken out if I stayed in Nashville writing it. I thought I.
0: Just because of the the weird weird nashville small town vibe or
1: yeah i mean you one can really only write so many hours a day and then your real life kind of seeps back in on you yeah and i just was afraid that i would lose my courage as my real life kind of seeped in
2: Mm -hmm. in those
1: hours when i wasn't writing so i moved to new york yeah um just didn't always smart you know and got really quiet you know yeah and wrote and spent a lot of time on the floor in the fetal position crying
0: yeah, and how, how many? How how would you write in the mornings, or what would you do? What was your technique, or what was your morning? Ritual?
1: Morning was a really good time for me to write when I was writing um, something that hadn't been on the page before. Uh-huh. I found that editing, I uh, did really good work from like four p.m. to midnight, mm-hmm. but actually getting words on the page, I would get up at four, four thirty, five a.m. Um, you know, I lived on the corner of uh, 23rd and 8th Avenue mm-hmm. in a really beautiful um, corner apartment. So I, I could see. I loved kind of being the first, what I felt like the first one up and thinking Yeah. Uh, in New York City. New York has a magic and an energy, of course, that we yeah. all know. But that was a really good time for me to write. Um, and then there were days that I just flat out couldn't do it. So I would ride my bike in Central Park or walk. hmm you know, look, or explore, learn the subway system.
0: Would you read memoirs by other people and get inspired that way?
1: I had read a lot of memoirs. Um, Liars Club or is it Mary in? Carr is one of she was my yeah. bridesmaid in my wedding. Was she? Yeah, she's. That's uh, she that's, and I had a coffee date for yesterday, but that
0: yeah. is so <laughs> yeah. wild. I had no idea. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. But she's in like fe- she's super inspiring, right? Sh- she's, she's got a, that book about memoir writing. Yeah, the too. Art of Memoir. Great yeah.
1: book. Yeah. Um, so one of the chapters that was really and Ma- Mary would feed me, and we'd play Scrabble, and we'd, so you kn-
0: you knew her even to, was she inspiring you during this whole? oh time? yeah, oh yeah, really? there was
1: a particular chapter that I was writing that was super hard, and I just was avoiding it and avoiding it and i she called she would call, and you know I had a few really good friends who would check in Rodney was one of them, and mm-hmm. still an angel in my life, but um Mary called to check in on me, I wasn't answering her text, and she called, and she said what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm struggling. I'm, I've been on the floor for three days crying, and I can't do this. I can't write this chapter. I just I fell apart. She knew what the chapter was about. I told her that I needed to write this chapter. I said, Mary, I can't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm a mess. And she said, well, if you're not on the floor in the fetal position crying, you're not fucking doing it right.
0: That's amazing.
1: And then I found a way to do it.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah, she's uh, you know she's uh, an amazing she's inspired many a memoirist, um, uh, me included um, yeah she's a great poet and um, she's really she knows how she feels and yeah. that's the one of the one of and she also had a really kind of interesting relationship with her mother and um, so i I got uh, you know like millions of Americans and people around the world I, I was inspired and kind of fed and watered by uh, Mary Carr's wisdom That's Dylan. incredible
0: yeah, yeah sh- like uh, I, I when I was going through all the stuff I was telling you about I um, I ended up writing about a thousand pages towards a memoir and I haven't I have it's just laying there like uh, I mean it's you know
2: why' it's isn't on laying?
0: hard drives just like sort of mm-hmm. on pause right now
3: maybe you need a coffee date with Mary yeah, but,
0: yeah well that would be great <laughs> but uh, yeah I definitely need to find my Mary you know like well uh, have you or,
1: read the art of memoir?
0: I have, yeah, and yeah. I need to reread it. Like you're inspiring me. That's one of the. This is like something I like talking about because I'm. I'm inspired to try to finish that at yeah. some point. But it's kind of like, you know, it's 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 like you know, it's so difficult. Is it mocking you? I mean, it, it, not actively. It's more just like, hey, I'm over here. Like eventually, you're gonna have to deal with me. Like we're gonna have to talk about this. You know, <laughs> like um, it's
1: it's important yeah. work it and and what you have on the page will change yeah it needs to and it well yeah. <laughs> i mean it yeah it c- yeah. C- could be it could be perfect as it is but i doubt it and no, I, it's and, not. and and yeah. and what i learned as i again i set out to write an entirely different book than i wrote right um and i also thought they were going to assign me a ghost writer oh i really cool. i wrote my like half the book and just kept waiting for random house to say here's your ghost writer because yeah. most books written by people who don't write books right. who are publicly known have a ghostwriter. yeah um but then when that's part of that really difficult chapter was that was shortly after my editor said no you're actually going to write this book yourself right that's when I it was like I had to cross a threshold of get in it mm-hmm. or get out of it like you're either going to write this book yeah. or you're this is going to be an unfinished book yeah. and so you're Going to cross a threshold at some point and re engage that book, I hope.
0: Yeah, I will.
1: And But uh, did you read uh, Cherry, her other. No. Yeah, you should read Cherry. You should read Rodney's memoir, China Berry Sidewalks, which I, is. That's a great title. Brilliant. Well, it's, it's a great book. Yeah. Um, uh, Jan Arden is a, a really good friend of mine who's a great memoirist as well.
0: Have, did you read any Carl of. Nosgard stuff.
1: I I read passages. I didn't yeah. read the entire books. Yeah. Um Just you get back on. Just do that it, horse. Joe. Come on, yeah. saddle time. Yeah. Joe. Get yeah. in the saddle.
0: Well, you're inspiring me for sure.
3: You used to talk about writing that all the time, and then you just like I never heard of it again.
0: Whoa well, yeah. I. Um,
1: Can you tell me this? Can you tell sure. me your title?
0: Oh, uh, let's see. What is the title? Um. I know the title. Hold on. Wow, that's wild that I'm like spacing on the title. Um, Holy shit. (laughs) Why am I spacing on the title? I have a title. Man, I'm blocked. Mm,
1: It's pretty telling.
0: Yeah, it is telling. I need to get back to it.
1: <laughs> Reintroduce yourself yeah. to your book. Yeah. There's a huge value.
0: Wait <sighs> <in> <laughs> um, Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Echo Maze.
1: Welcome to the Echo Maze? Yeah. That's pretty great. Thank you. I see your cover, too.
0: Yeah, um, welcome to the Echo Maze. Yeah. Great. It's all about, yeah, the Echo Maze of just like... Uh, yeah, waking up to true nature of like a lot of the relationships in your life and yeah. stuff, and the echo maze of it. Like, be, yeah, the echo maze was really like the f- original. The echo maze. I like that.
1: I like that better. Yeah, welcome it's, to
0: it's the echo maze. Yeah, I think I made it a Guns N' Roses title for Welcome <laughs> to the Jungle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah, no, it's the echo maze. Let's call it. The I think echo-
1: that's super strong. Th- thank you. Um you know, get back in the saddle. And you know that feeling when you Oh,
0: it's the best feeling when you're writing it like uh, uh, like the best. No, and I could do like ten like I was writing like I got a thousand pages on it. Like I was doing like Yeah, I was doing like ten out like ten hours would feel like nothing, you know, like
1: And that high? Can uh, we talk about that high? It's
0: amazing. I've
1: been writing a lot lately too. Are you writing
0: another one? Uh well or another book or something. Well I've been
1: working so I I am writing another Book. I'm de- yeah. I'm in a way into a first draft of draft of a um, uh, YA young adult book. Oh, But, cool. but I haven't worked on Something, that in like more
0: f- like fiction. Sort of yes. Thing. Yeah. Cool.
1: Um, but I've been writing, uh, you know, songs again as mm-hmm. of late, and um,
0: isn't that the couple, best feeling too? It's when the you, best when you're killing it that yeah, way. Yeah,
1: and a couple of poems. I don't write poems, but I write I'm, poems. I'm,
0: I'm writing poems. That's and, that's happening lately.
1: Yeah, I'm having a huge nice. burst of writing and it just feels the best when it's so good. It I mean not the work, not the poem or the song, but just the feeling of being able to like purge myself of what I'm feeling. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, like um yeah, cuz I got obsessed with Carl O for a minute like yeah. uh um I mean, obsessed is strong, but like I was fan obsession is a, yeah, 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 like fanning out, you yeah. know, kind of yeah. thing. And he talked about um how he would, when he was writing, how he found a friend or whatever, like somebody who he could then read everything he wrote that day to yeah. every, every night. Did yeah. you have that when you were writing your book? Was,
1: yeah, um, yeah, I did. I, again, I had Mary and I had yeah, well, that's Rodney. Inc- and that's
0: incredible. <laughs> like, I know. The, I mean, basically keep, keep like one of the in. best, the, yes. best memo- the best memoir. I got the, the, the per- I Well, the, got yeah. what do you got, Joe? I mean, I got Ehud. What the fuck?
1: Well, Mar-
0: <laughs> no, I love you, bro. Mary, <laughs>
1: I would argue single-handedly defined the genre of memoir. She did. It's it's hers.
0: Like, yeah, her and yeah, yeah. Um, but I sure. had a great it's editor huge. at
1: Random House, like one of. How the did legendary. you get
0: that that before you had your book done, just by the. Like just you had like written samples yeah. of it or what what i would
1: written a hundred pages okay. and I went to and you, did
0: you make a, what is it called a book proposal or a, no, no no that I, I
1: had a hundred pages on a word document and that's it and I printed it out and I was in L A meeting with um, Kevin Welk who would put out the record that came out the day I came out lifted off the ground that Rodney produced mm-hmm. um, but I was out there and I had an afternoon. And I called my old agent at CAA, Brian mm-hmm. Lauchs, who, yeah. who, you know, we had remained friends. And I went into his office and sat down and I said, there's something I want to, I knew I could trust him. I said, there's something I want to show you. And we sat down and I thought he would take it and read it. But I sat on his couch as he read my hundred pages mm-hmm. and he said, can you get to New York? And I said, yeah, I'm actually uh, headed that way. And he said, "I want you to meet with this agent." And uh, Luke Jenklo was my agent, mm-hmm. uh,
2: would,
1: who would become my agent. And I sat down with Luke. Luke read my pages, and he emailed me a couple days later. And he said, "I know, right? I knew who I, I didn't." And I didn't tell him I wanted to go to Random House. I just showed him my pages. He said, "I know who I, I want to take this to." Mm-hmm. He said, "I want to take this to Vicky Wilson at Random House." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's
0: amazing. So. Um, And you, yeah, what do you think about, like, manifesting and all that kind of stuff? Like, do you ever listen to Abraham Hicks or any of that kind of stuff or, like, any of, are you Uh, into that sort of thing? Because you manifested Random House specifically, like, do you think about that kind of stuff? I
1: think there's a power in manifesting or in, in kind of willing certain things to happen, but I know that kind of put your shoulder to the grindstone work that, goes into it.
0: Yeah, you need massive action as yeah. well. Yeah.
1: Like. But yeah, there uh, I grew up on a farm. Like if you want to move a stack of firewood to yeah. the bottom of the driveway yeah. from the top of the pasture, it's work. It's saddle time. Yeah. It's, you know. But but hey, I want to I want to go back to your question what you asked about about, you know, peer review. Mhm. Um, I yeah. think it's super duper important. Yeah. And over the course of my life as a, a writer, whether it was you know writing my memoir or the YA novel i'm working on or a poem or a song i have always been so lucky to have people creative people that i trust that i can share that stuff with mm-hmm. sharing an unfi- or a ha- half of a song for me is like running down the street naked mm-hmm. super scary but i do have a few people that i can trust and i think peer review is huge especially right. I know how to write a song. I know that I'm a good songwriter. Right. But I don't know how to write a YA novel. I'm not much of a poet. And so I become even more kind of vulnerable. Right. Um, And so being able to still have a lifeline of somebody to share that with, what all I'm saying is keep sharing your work with whomever you're able to share it with.
0: Yeah, I need to find that.
1: You don't have anybody that you can think of?
0: Not right now. Not right now.
1: There, You know, maybe try to find a writer's group of yeah. people kind of equally yoked.
0: But, yeah, maybe like once I re-engage in this process, yeah. I'm sure, you know, it's like jump in the net will appear.
1: It will. Thing, you know, The echo
0: maze. The echo maze.
3: There were three things that I was super curious about. Mm-hmm. One is you said you you knew since you were young that you were gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a period of time where you did date men. hmm Um, were you still in doubt about yourself like why why go through that was it just for the outside appearance Um, and did it happen after you had gained success and then what was I'm not going to say motive but what was what was behind that if you knew who you were
1: yeah Um, I wasn't having doubts about my sexuality I knew I was gay like full-on 100 percent I mean there's a The Kinsey scale upon which everyone's kind of sexual identity kind of lands, their fluidity. I'm 100% gay. Um, But I dated guys off and on. I dated guys in high school. Um, Of course, it wasn't very, it was never very serious. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And I dated, you know, when I got to Nashville, I had a girlfriend before I had a boyfriend. But each time I would have these, you know, kind of short, very dramatic relationships, I would blow them up.
3: Yeah. With men or with women? With women. With women, okay. Because For I knew I... For fear, could, yes.
1: Yeah, I just could, I'm not going to be that. I can't be that. I can't pursue getting a record deal with a girlfriend. and And so I would date men um but I didn't date men a lot
3: but why but you, why? Da- you dated men clearly so you were business driven and and success driven and it was like like for me to have a career I have to appear
1: not to you be know,
3: heterosexual so well
1: the the appearance of being not gay yeah was important. was important okay but I will um and my boy I've parsed this you know, pulled this apart, um, hundreds of times on different interviews and, um, in different conversations, but the long, he's asking why I dated men if I knew I was gay. Um, my story in dating men, and, um, again, not very many, um, was I made a decision that, okay, when my partner and I broke up, um, What was I gonna do? I'm, you know, I'm a country music singer who has some kind of public um, fan base. I wasn't going to go on to uh, gay Tinder or what, you know, gaymatch.com, which didn't exist at the time. I didn't have a dating pool of women I would date. Furthermore, I wouldn't have dated them because I was too afraid to be found out. So I did what millions of people around the world do. I made a decision, all right, if I can't be with the woman I love or meet another amazing woman, I have to find companionship and I'm going to, and that's, you know, I dated some really fantastic, talented, funny, decent men Um, and it wasn't, perhaps some of it was cover, I mean, I, Did you I, ever
3: come out to those men and never, say never. Not once. So they had no clue. They had no clue.
1: Well, I don't know what I they didn't tell me they had a clue. Mm-hmm. But part of it maybe was cover. I mean I think it'd be crazy for me to not to not acknowledge that the cover felt good. But eighty percent of it was I mean, I like this guy. Companionship. No, I, yeah. that's right, totally.
0: Sexuality is totally on a continuum, it. too. Yeah, we
1: talk, but I'm 100% gay. It was just right. what you missed while you were oh, okay. at the bathroom. Yeah. I'm 100% gay. Right. So none of it was me thinking, maybe I'll meet the right guy. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was absolutely 100%. I'm not gonna, I am don't want to live my life without companionship. And I have very good friends. So you're compromised, for, yeah, for and, comp- which is understandable. And can I tell you how many people I've met in the world? who made the same compromise, sometimes the man and the woman are both gay and they understand it and they make a life together and they've been together for 30, 40 years and that was, you know, times have changed. Sometimes, you know, the man knew he was gay, but, you know, the the religious kind of um, echo maze Mm -hmm. was telling him you can't be that. Right. If to fit in in your social community, your faith community, your work community, your actual physical community, you have to be, you have to go get a wife and have kids.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Thousands upon thousands and thousands of people have shared that story with me, how they did that kind of logistic, logistical math, that I don't get to be who I am. So I'm going to pick a person I really like and spend my life with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the cover when I had it was was good
3: mm, and then my follow-up was um, before you were successful um, there was probably that one moment where you knew okay I made it and things started exploding in the back of your mind at that moment of being happy about the success were you also like fuck what do I do now about who I am and how this fame is going to affect that that's a good question
1: every fucking Day.
3: but do you remember that minute where, where you were like oh fuck I'm famous now well not, no,
1: not not that minute because it all kind of happens you know success comes and it was slow for me I had six failed singles and two failed albums before I ever had mm-hmm. a hit so it was slow but when I did have my when I had my first hit record I remember you it's know bittersweet. I, yeah, I remember my gold record party and my girlfriend didn't come And I remembered seeing that, you know, that uh, knowing I was crossing over a threshold into it almost, I almost didn't want to get more fame than I had. Right. Because the more fame that you have in music or arts, uh, commensurate with that is people's intrigue about your life in general.
0: People looking into it. Yeah. So I
1: remembered thinking, I like this. This is, you know, gold record hit record this is nice and I remembered. I mean although we were all chasing like we wanted to have platinum records and we all wanted to be have the success that you know Faith Hill was having at the time Mm -hmm. I remembered thinking I like this little spot here yeah this can work for me Um, but every day of my life with with more and more success um, I felt more and more hollowed out and and then oh you did answer your question. You said did you did you was it an oh fuck moment? The more um <laughs> the more success you get, you also have more employees and more people.
3: It just gets complicated. It
1: does. And you know, those people made a choice to come work for me. They chose another gig with a hot artist with an artist with the star going up upward trajectory in their career they chose to come work for me and you know I had a day-to-day manager who had a special needs kid you know Mm. kids in private school Mm. and I'm his you you feel
3: responsible well yeah. yeah
1: and so there were times when I walked out on award show stages to present an award or maybe perform or you know be nominated for something I remembered having a fantasy of walking up to the mic and saying, "It's good to be here with you tonight. I'm gay." <laughs> I did. I had that.
3: Did you almost do it?
1: No, but I thought about it all the time. I thought about it a lot. So, so I was never the, the men I dated. Never we never discussed it. You know, we, they didn't know. They weren't. I. They weren't part of my. Have you cover. discussed
0: it in retrospect with any of them? Mm-hmm. Okay, we don't have to go further than that. Let me, let me ask you about the... Well, it was part
1: of, like, when, uh, when you come out... Yeah. It's almost... I have friends who are in the program, you know, working uh, AA. Uh-huh, that 12-step stuff. Are you, yeah, there are some amends that, that I felt like I had to make. Uh-huh. Um, some really sincere apologies, some long walks, some long talks, a lot yeah. of tears. Uh, because I, you know, I did a lot of damage to a couple of men that I care a lot about Mm -hmm. and so being able to tell them you know what what was happening and you know a couple of them had fallen in love with me and and they didn't I couldn't tell them or I didn't I chose not to tell them I'm gay you know Mm. um when you know that you're part of kind of leaving a wake of hurt feelings yeah, behind you. It's you. Some you gotta go back and fix some of that. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you don't, though.
0: Right. So, yeah. It's well.
1: not an obligation, um, but when you feel uh, that that would be beneficial and a safe place for both parties, I think it's important. Yeah. It was for me.
0: Have you had any addiction issues like that um, along those lines? Like you mean aish uh, things or anything like that? no that's been a big part of my story too all yeah. that all that yeah. nonsense
1: I'm lucky that yeah. i don't i've yeah, never i don't drink
0: such a tumultuous existence yeah. that you would think maybe it would, that I would have medicated with something yeah but I have
1: addiction on both sides of my family yeah um it missed you uh yeah, it missed me i did um i'd never taken any kind of i've never smoked a cigarette i tried um
0: Jeez louise.
1: Yeah, I don't drink. I tried pot for the first time in December What'd of last you think? year. I didn't. Well, I did an edible. Uh huh. That um, I'd never ever tried anything ever That's incredible. in my life. I'm like the only person in the field of music that I know that had never tried that. But I did it, uh, I tried it for migraines. Mm-hmm. So I had a gummy and I vomited 20 times. Oh, and that okay. the the extent of my drug use is uh, encapsulated in December of 2018.
0: Well, there you go. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not yeah. for you. I think hot yoga will be the thing. Do you? I think it might help. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I'm lucky that I never, I've got a lot of friends in the program and mm. I, I identify with it a lot. Mm -hmm. um as you know as much as a person who doesn't have an addiction issue uh can i respect it a lot um but that's not part of my story thank god
0: so before we end this i wanted to ask you about um the sort of direction your new music is taking and stuff and you got an ep you're working on called revival right it's out oh it's out Uh i'm sorry um it um and then you worked with Joe Henry as well. Mm-hmm, I did. And was, is this more of a kind of going a little bit away from the music in the past?
1: The record I made with Joe Henry, um, I Am the Rain, was a definite, like, when you work with Joe Henry, it's because you want to make a record that Joe Henry makes. You right. know, It's like he brings so much color and tone and landscape you know a sonic landscape all his own so i wanted to make that record and was felt really lucky that that he would write and and make that record with me um and then after that that was in 2016 was it 2016 excuse me and then um i began writing for uh, two eps one a holiday E P. called Santa, Santa Will Find You. Yeah, and that,
0: That's a scary, scary Christmas title. Is it? It's a great Kinda.
3: song. I, I heard you you played thank it you. here last time and, uh, and
1: the concept was great. Thank you. Like
0: Santa will thank find you. You. It's, thank <laughs> like you. It's sort of daunting. Well
1: it depends on how you look
0: at it
1: you're you're nice and dark Uh, no um i'm not a fan of christmas
3: albums or songs but that was a really great song thank
1: you i i wrote that with mindy smith years ago she actually recorded it for her holiday record and then i'd written another song that mindy had recorded and the indigo girls had recorded that i'd never recorded i wrote it it's called uh what's it called Oh, echo, it really is a wonder! <laughs> it really is a wonderful life. So that was one I had written, like in 2005, and and Mindy heard it and she recorded it, and then the Indigo Girls did, and a bunch of other people have. And so I was like, I have these couple of songs in my hip pocket. Let me just write three more, do an EP, um, and I worked with uh, Jeremy Lister and Dustin Ransom on both EPs. So mm-hmm. that uh, "Santa, will Find You" came out in December of 2018, and then uh, "Revival" came out in May. And um, oh, so, it so it's kind of It kind of feels like Revival feels like Harkens back a little bit more I think to my commercial stuff But it's a little poppy And I don't know what it is Right I have no idea
0: Yeah So are you working on more music now? Or are you? Still, I am now yeah. Songs are Flo- Flowing
1: A lot of stuff happening
0: That's cool
1: Yeah Cool
0: Yeah I'm going to master my I'm finishing the master of my new record right now Today.
1: Oh, hey. From
0: here, I'm going to.
1: Congrats. That feels Fred
0: good. Fred Kevorkian's house. Okay. You know Fred? Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah. What's the name of the record? Do you have a title?
0: Comeback it? World.
1: Oh, God. That's a great title. Thank you. If anything, you've got great titles.
0: Thank you. When I'll,
1: will we get to hear this? Yeah, record? I'll send
0: it to you. I think you'll like it. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear it. It's uh, coming out in October, October the 10th. Nice. Yeah.
1: Fall releases are so Spoiler good. Spoiler
3: alert.
0: Spoiler alert. Yeah. That's great. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's a full LP.
0: Yeah. Good. Full ten songs. Great. First solo album in like five years or something Ooh, like that.
1: Ooh. Okay. This this is big. Yeah. This is big because you're, yeah, you're three years into a into an estrangement of your. Yeah. Family.
0: That's right. My There's last a, album was called The Family. Oh God. I know. I can't wait.
1: I'm going to go get on
0: iTunes. (laughs) You know. Congrats on this record. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope your
1: mastering is big and not compressed.
0: Yeah. Well, Fred does a great (laughs) job.
1: He's, you know, perhaps arguably one of the best. He's
0: definitely one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. And, And, you know, the real deal, big time, but also affordable, you know.
1: Well, I suspect that he... Likes you what you do, yeah, to give you the a sweetheart deal, yeah, yeah. He's a bro, he's a bro, yeah. Good to have a bro, yeah, yeah.
3: I have one. I can I go back just a yes, (laughs) last question? I promise.
0: Oh, no, I I mean, did
3: uh, um, the only other like famous women who I can think of that came out is a good example is Ellen. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, right, you were once, on Ellen, too. Mm-hmm. Once she came out, it her career suffered yeah. a lot. When you came out as a country star, like the the first show following your announcement, did did the audience shift? Did you feel like uh, your career suffered from it? Like, how did that...
1: Uh, you know... Um,
3: how loyal are country fans?
1: To quant- quantify it as tricky um the metrics of the way we measure success you know are it's a moving target mm-hmm. like people used to buy records and now they really don't buy records anymore yeah.
0: well you used to have a relationship with the opry and then they haven't booked you since right well that... i'm
1: actually guess who's playing the opry august 10th
0: oh right on oh that's going back so this is the first time back yeah wow. that's great
1: yeah um so you mentioned ellen uh i did her show uh, right after i came out and she was she, of course she was it's a huge inspiration to And her me. mom was there. Yeah, and her mom's book, actually, Love yeah. Ellen, was a really gave important to book to me when I was in the closet. Um, and I actually gave it to my dad, and my dad read it, and it was an important book to my dad as well before I came out. Um, but Ellen found me backstage after we'd kind of been on the air and or did our, our segment, and she came in and sat down, and she said, I want to prepare you for a couple of things. You're in a cloud right now, and you feel liberated and empowered and she said i want to tell you what's about to come and she we had a pretty good talk about what was coming and she said you're gonna you're gonna have an emotional dip you're going to like feel regret. panicked yeah she didn't say regret but she said there will be fallout and it's gonna it's gonna cut you off at the knees emotionally and she said there is a there is a backside of that it i don't know when it will come but you will emerge from that, and you'll be better than ever and happier than ever, but she said you're you're about to you're about to feel a big dip and and um you Is know I felt, uh-huh, yeah she's a sage, yeah, yeah uh, you know Rosie O'Donnell uh kind of did the same thing. Rosie was very generous with her time and her you know mentorship and you know they the my friends who had been kind of through this and peers who'd been through it they they kind of showed me the roadmap and it was pretty true to form they were all pretty right
0: and your book has been an inspiration to other people too isn't that interesting how
1: yeah it's pretty neat you know I've, I've, I've noticed something recently um so first you know the first few years when I was out people would like come to the shows and say I'm gonna get your book or you know um they had kind of a different story, but now the the story now is like I do a show and then a bunch of people hang out afterward and there's like a new crop of 19 to 25-year-old young people who bring my book to me that say, oh, yeah, when I realized I was gay and told my parents... They ordered your book or they went to the bookstore like it was already out there in the space for them, mm-hmm. which is different than what I heard in the past nine years. So I feel like there's like a like a sophomore class mm-hmm. and to have been kind of I, 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 I don't know how to, else to say this, but like their Ellen. Right. And I say that with all you know, understanding that Ellen is a huge global star, and I'm not. But yeah, but it's it's amazing
0: the way that works.
1: It's pretty sweet. Like, it's it's pretty.
0: Like, like yeah. Like, what else do you want out of life when you when you know that you that you're helpful to others? It's like, come on, that's better than any Grammy you could win. Or like, I mean, it's it's incredible. That's that's the deal.
1: It's when I. Told myself I'm going to write this book, and if I have to bind it at Kinko's and yeah. hand it out, yeah. that to hear what I hear now, yeah, it's the best.
0: It is the best. You're the best. You're the best. <laughs> You're the best. the best. We're the best. We're the best. Yeah, it's great to meet you. Yeah, you thanks as well. For coming I love th- I love th- visiting with you. Yeah, me too. And uh, I, I'm totally uh, hoping that you take me up on that yoga because it would be great to sweat it out. Sweat it out with you. I will. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: What's the what's the prayer again?
0: I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love
1: you. I'm
2: sorry. Please forgive me, me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you.
3: So, all right. Kelly, right. oh,
1: that's an awful way to end a podcast. You know I'll, I'll edit that out. I'll edit that out. I, I love but you. Know, every, I'm sorry. Please forgive, forgive me. me. Thank, thank you. you. I love you. I'm sorry. Every please forgive me. Every time I have me, to spell you. your name, I have to. It's because of the ch. It.
3: It's just. It's the ch. So We've done shows together. The ch right? through them. No, I, I gotta tell you. Every <laughs> time C-H. I gotta spell your name, I gotta <laughs> look it up. I'm yeah. like, how does it spell? Does it it's G- like
1: Chicago. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I awesome. love you. Thanks, Shelly. Sorry, please forgive me. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just apply it to everything in in, in your life, you know, nice. and, and all the people in your life. And I send it out to, you know, those I'm estranged with, those I'm not, you know, and yeah, and nice. send it to Ehud for messing you need up. That.
1: He'll cut that out. <laughs> I'll probably
3: leave it. But yeah. I, 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 I'm honest, it happens to me every time I got to come up with your name.
1: It's okay. It's the C-H. Not the first time I've heard yeah. that. Yeah. Imagine what it would be like if I weren't somewhat known. I know. You get botched every day.
0: You get botched all the time. You became a professional musician young too, right? Pretty much. Like, are,
3: we, are we resuming? <laughs> I,
0: I'm sorry. It was like, uh, yeah, like when you were you I were was, a kid you were a kid in high school doing. Mm-hmm. It I already. was
1: playing. I was subbing in and out of bands when I was eleven or twelve. Mm-hmm. That's and then amazing. And then I got fired from a band called Joe Cowboy. They were all adults, and I was this kid in their band, and I was yeah. pushing for rehearsal that they didn't want to do. They had me over for rehearsal and gave me lasagna before rehearsal and said, we've got to tell you something. Let's get
0: rid of the kid.
1: We're letting you go. <laughs> you can just start your own band. So I did. County line. County we were line. not very good, but we were busy. Yeah. So I was gigging every weekend. And
0: yeah. I I became a professional when I was in high school too. Five nights a yeah. week, Cleveland cool. blues band, mm. hardcore.
1: You guys were probably good.
0: We were good. Frankie and Chill Factor. Wow. We opened up for Stevie Ray Vaughan. Whoa. Yeah, Albert Collins. We were we were a big Cleveland rock blues band. That's Joe cool. was playing bass. Played
2: bass. Of course you were. Bassist. Iron. I knew you can that. See it. I'm lanky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome.
0: Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. I loved it. I love you.
1: I love you. (laughs) I love you. I'm I'm sorry. sorry. Please Please forgive forgive me. me. Thank Thank you.